What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Go Along Show, fueled by our good friends at Fatty Beer Company. Make sure you get on in. IPAs, sours around the corner, I'd imagine for many. Spring will be sprung eventually, we think, maybe, possibly in Western New York. And as always, a stout always is the spot. But yes, Fatty, downtown, Orchard Park, Hamburg, Tonawanda, Kenmore, anywhere and everywhere. I'm here with Jim Monas, as always, here at golongtd.com, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. And Jim, there is no such thing as an NFL offseason. I think that is obvious to everyone at this point, but you can feel it, right? It's... It's driven by the league itself. I mean, it's all structured, so there is no downtime. But here we are, dissecting trade scenarios uh, ahead of the NFL Combine, where all coaches, all scouts, all GMs, owners, everybody congregates to uh, get business done. I'll, I'll be there in Indianapolis all of <laughs> next week to hopefully find some stuff out, you know, sniff around a little bit. See what's cooking. How you doing, Jim? Tyler, what's happening? You know what? You hit on, I feel like we've already had three drafts. There's been so many mock drafts. I actually, to this point, think there has been a draft. Um, to your <laughs> point, the NFL is rolling. Like, we are, like, no time to breathe. No off season's true. And we know that. You're going out to the Mecca, Indy. All the backroom deals up in the suites in the in the Lucas Oil. We used to sneak around. I'll meet you in between timing periods, talk deals. Oh, it all goes down in Indy. It's the perfect city for something like this. There's just so many hotels and restaurants and bars and coffee. It's all condensed. So business can get done in these 15-minute windows between teams on the fly, you know, they're going into these meetings, knowing what numbers they're going to present to agents, agents know what numbers they're going to present back to teams. And it was hilarious for the longest time. It was illegal, right? It was, it was tampering. No, nobody was allowed to do it, even though they're all within, you know, a quarter mile of each other. Uh, but yeah, now everybody just knows that this is where it goes down. And we're, we're going to get into a few of those trade scenarios contract scenarios on on this podcast episode because well we're not going to talk mock drafts but <laughs> it, it starts there with the Chicago Bears Justin Fields Caleb Williams I suppose if you fell in love with the Drake May Jalen Daniels may, maybe you would move down and and try to uh, get picks but whew, what a decision for this franchise at the top of this draft. You know, there are years where you don't really get this kind of intrigue. You know, Trayvon Walker's the first pick or Eric Fisher, you know, back in 2013. I mean, th th this draft has seismic ram ramifications for multiple teams. And it, it starts with Chicago. So if you're the Chicago Bears, Jim Monas, general manager, Jim Monas of the Chicago Bears, what are you doing? At number one. I like easy decisions. And we talked about it a little bit, but I'm taking Caleb Williams. You know, obviously this is the time of year you're working your deal. You're going to move on from field. So you, whatever, you're going to make sure you get fair, whatever you feel, feel is fair value. 
But my valuation of Williams is two thumbs up and roll with it. He's that talented. It's, it's all you want. I'm not going to do any comparisons to a certain somebody, but he is the best quarterback in this draft. <laughs> and that's a pretty, and, and that, and he deserves to be the first pick of this draft, in my opinion. And I think there's a gap after him. I will be honest and we'll get into that, but I think he is a clear cut. Number one, it's every throw you can make. It's all the athleticism. It's every crazy throw you can make. He has this, like, he's very long and can get, he's wiry, but he can bend. It's crazy. He has a different, he has a different form the way he can um, make some of these off target throws um, that then you see from other quarterbacks. I, you see more maybe Aaron Rodgers type of that type of torque with his arm type whip um, the way he throws it sometimes. It's toughness. It's, you know, for me, it was, it's a no brainer. Um, And like I said, a gap for number one. Because I think he's making these plays, these acrobatic improvisational highlight reel plays while only throwing 10 interceptions on 888 attempts at USC while completing 68.5% of his passes last year for the Trojans. So He's doing this all with accuracy, and he can run. I mean, he's got breakaway speed. Yeah, we we, we can overthink this thing. We can talk about painting obscenities on his fingernails and crying, and was it his mother's arms after a loss? And I'm sure all of this will be hyperanalyzed. And and I I do want to get into part of that with you in a little bit. But at the end of the day, like, he is so insanely talented – you just you just draft him and you hold an auction for Justin Fields and just hope that somebody wants to fork over a ton of draft capital, I guess. So the Bears are in a tricky spot because oh well, tricky might be the wrong word. A unique spot, really, because people know they, they're gonna probably move on from Fields. It's pretty simple. I mean, this is polls, this is this is his way to make a stamp. He didn't draft fields. This it's happening. He's taking Williams. If it's May, that's for another show. But point being, teams know they want to move on. So it's not as easy as it sounds. I can just tell you that to get, they need to make sure that they get fair value for somebody who has produced and no teams will covet and will be a starter in the NFL. So they just got to find whatever that value is. I, I just think what one quarterback, everything seems in rhythm, fluid, quick trigger, decisive. And the other quarterback, Justin Fields, it's you're, you're going to get those YouTube plays. You're going to get a lot of fun stuff, but everything just is a little laborsome, takes time. The player needs to be open and then he completes the pass to that player. Play breaks down, then he takes off. We, we've gotten into all of this, but when push came to shove with Luke Getze and the coaching staff, Fields publicly said, I got to just say F it and do my thing. That's what he did. And that's the best version of Justin Fields. Like, are you really going to make a living off of that kind of play style long-term? I mean, he'll he'll find a suitor. I, I would think another team out there is is interested in giving him a second chance and seeing if it works with the way they want to play offense, I, I just can't see how Chicago can run this thing back. 
what, 38 starts into it. I've said this before, Tyler. The best way I can describe Caleb Williams and Justin Fields is Williams would, will produce more if he hits his ceiling, will look, will look more like Josh Allen Mahomes, where Justin Fields, if he progresses to hit his ceiling, it's Cam Newton, you know, that style. That's how I feel about it. You know, I think, and that's not a bad thing. Cam was in the Super Bowl MVP. Fields isn't Cam yet. I'm saying if they if they hit their ceiling, that would be the the two style quarterbacks. That being said, we saw what happened when Cam's legs went. It, the whole body started to go, and and that's what my concern would be with Fields eventually. But you know, I like Justin Fields. We talked about that years ago. We thought Atlanta should. I thought Atlanta should have drafted him. I won't say you did. Put words in your mouth, but I thought Atlanta should have drafted him. So you want to see Fields succeed. But here we go again with this is how quarterbacks don't succeed. <laughs> he already went from was drafted by Matt Nagy. Now we get another offense in in Chicago. Now we're going to ship you off to another team. So now you're going to be in your what fourth, fifth year, fourth year, and fourth offense probably. So that's the strength of Justin Fields. I mean, he, mentally tough. You're playing in Chicago. That this is a uh, a fan base that is going to turn and get on you at a moment's notice, boo the hell out of you, want you out of town. I mean, I feel like Justin Fields has kind of been through all of that and came out the other side. Like, there, there's a lot of Bears fans. It might even be the majority of Bears fans who would prefer Justin Fields as their starting quarterback, right? Because, because he's put up with, it's almost like, all right, man, you went through the, you went through the tough times. Let's, you went through it. Let's go. Let's see this through. Let's see what we can do now. You do so feel beyond, that way. Tough, tough one for Fields. I, I think that does factor in to the decision, though. It, it has to. The stuff that you just don't see on tape is to Fields' advantage. You you know that he can handle that market. You know that the, the locker room loves him, that the city loves him. <sighs> You don't know how Caleb Williams is going to respond yet. I mean, you got to try to find out. You talk to Lincoln Riley and the whole coaching staff and hope to get some honesty there. Opponents, equipment managers, professors, random people on campus. Like, you, right, you, you, have, to, you have to investigate the personality. There's just too much on the line. If you're drafting Caleb Williams and he has a couple bad games, and the fans want him out of town, how is he going to respond to that? It's cliche to just say, oh, everybody will overcome any adversity. No, that ain't true. There's a lot of quarterbacks, some that have been in Chicago, that face that kind of backlash, and they don't respond. No, they, they disappear, and they're never the same guy again. Well, I felt like Zach Wilson looked like um... – Kind of almost grown manish, not grown man at the combine. He still looked young, but looked very confident, happy in his suit, ready to be drafted number two. Coming off the field after some of those performances, he looked like a young baby. And mommy, where am I? Um, and to your point, yes. But Williams playing out in LA, USC, you're on. He's on the big stage. He's been highly scrutinized. He's ready. I, I think you know. I, like I shouldn't say that because I'm not tied in to know his 
character and all that. You'll probably you're gonna dig in on all that out in India. I'm sure you'll get all the scoop. But the talent, you just can't you can't deny it. Oh, and the last thing with the fields, and and as much as we talk about how we see his progression and and this is tough. The other thing is, what have they won with Justin Fields? I mean, I hate I don't like (laughs) so this decision is pretty easy. You know, that's how I that's how I look at it. You know, it's and I like Fields. And I, and if I was another team, I would be excited to go after him. If you're whoever you are, I mean, go for it. Pittsburgh, go for it. Love that fit. I do too, but you're also trading for Justin Fields and you're about to hand him a big contract too, right? Isn't that kind of assumed that you're going to be paying for this quarterback once you acquire this quarterback? So you're, you're investing quite a bit here. And Honestly, and when we really study and I say that, the fit, when I think of Tomlin and Fields, I like just how tough Fields has been. I feel like he deserves a coach like Tomlin. But that being said, I don't know if Fields can beat the big boys out there in the AFC. It is big boy land. Like, it's just a different beast out there. That's an interesting point because I'm with you. That does seem like a really good fit with the way that they want to win. They're not going to be undergoing this philosophical epiphany this offseason. Mike Tomlin's still there. That defense is still powered by the, the usual suspects, right? TJ Watt, Mike, or Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, Highsmith, Alex Highsmith. They, they want to win a certain way. I mean, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren running the ball, one two punch, big receiver in George Pickens. It, I get it. Oh, my God. I see you laughing and smiling. We can talk ourselves into any team right now. We really could. It's that time of year. It's what we do. We, it's we that time of year. And, and every fan base, and this is why the draft has a crowd now. It's why people go yeah. to the combine. It's the season of hope. We're all undefeated. I see the fit in Pittsburgh, and maybe they do even pay him. A, you're giving up on uh, our guy Kenny Pickett, though. Are you? Are they done with old Kenny? Well, what we said is you have to bring somebody, re- you know, somebody in that seriously either is clearly the starter, or it better be a hardcore competition. It, you cannot give that job back to Pickett without, and it can't be Mason Rudolph either. That's no. Come on. It's it's the AFC though, like you said, you're you're dealing with Mahomes and Burrow and Lamar and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert with Jim Harbaugh. Go right down the list. It's they come down. Sean, you don't think Sean Payton's going to get creative real quick in Denver? You know he's going to be getting somebody. That probably answers the question though, from Pittsburgh's point of view. You've got to do something bold this off season. You've you you've kind of been mashing the same formula together post Ben. Huh, and it hasn't worked. So maybe, maybe, maybe it is fields, but the other team that is being discussed quite a bit is the Atlanta Falcons. You referenced them earlier when we were studying that 2021 NFL draft, you really said this is the best fit for Justin Fields. He's a Georgia kid. And, and lo and behold, the Falcons may be trying to, uh, Trade for Justin Fields after they took Kyle Pitts in that draft. 
So Will they? What do you think? I think no. And I've been wrong before, as we know. We all have on our predictions. My prediction is almost a hell no. Because that's a hard conversation you have to have with your owner. To say, hold on. Terry Fontenot, you were here. Why did you not want him? Then now, now you want him. I think that ship has sailed for Atlanta and Fields. Their style, if you didn't like Fields' style back then, it hasn't changed. Right. That is his style. So then you are completely inconsistent on how you're evaluating. Now, you took Ritter. So what do you want in a quarterback? I don't know. I mean, if, if... that was Arthur Smith. And this is the problem. This is what we always talk about with the core four and the stability. This is when you start mixing and matching. When Jim Schwartz is in with a 4-3 defense in Buffalo when we're there, and then Rex Ryan comes in with a 3-4 or a mix of a 4-3 and blah, 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 and they're mixing and matching. This is the Arthur Smith. I can win with Ritter. I'm sure that was a conversation. You forced it. doesn't work. Here, now you're stuck. Not I stuck, but see. now you have to yeah, so I don't see it though. I I don't think they're going to do that. That they would have made that draft pick if that's who they wanted. And they and like you just said, you went through the season with Desmond Ritter, a semi-mobile, nifty, smallish quarterback who isn't going to pick apart defenses from the pocket. So I I think they're going to go all in on Kirk Cousins. I agree that's with just, you. On that. That's just a gut feeling more than anything. It just seems like they're. They're going to look at this roster and see all of the all of those top ten picks, right? Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. I mean, Tyler Algier ran for a thousand yards as a rookie two years ago. They invested last offseason. We talked about it. Chris Lindstrom is the highest paid guard in NFL history. I mean, they they are in win now mode, especially in that division. I, I can really see Atlanta being the team that gives Kirk Cousins the best offer. And so then it's up to Cousins because he's going to get an offer from Minnesota. Albert Breer reported that they're not going to give him that fully guaranteed money that he's been getting forever, it seems. Right. He he really was revolutionary in that department. Revolutionary. Good word. But and I, I, I talked about it in the mailbag today. We, a lot of Vikings talk in there if you want to check it out. I think that. Matthew Collar over at uh, Purple Insider, who you also talked to for a story, does a great job. Subscribe if you don't. He did like a mock negotiation between the two sides. And I liked what he came up with, that a two-year, $74 million contract could make the most sense from Minnesota's point of view, where he gets $60 million guaranteed if the Vikings pick up the second-year option in 2025. If not, Cousins could become a free agent then. That's still some pretty good money for a 36-year-old off a torn Achilles. But he's also played really well in Kevin O'Connell's offense. Lo and behold, he's played really well in primetime slots. Second to last game, he shredded the San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) You can talk yourself into going on a playoff run with Kirk Cousins. You you can. You can. Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, two good tackles. I, I can see it, but this is why I think the Vikings are playing this right. If that report is to be true, 
from Albert Breer. Like they're they're not going to go above and beyond. I mean, they know they've got to go sign a playmaker on defense. They know they probably need to draft a quarterback. If not this year, definitely next year. And they could be in a position to maybe move up for a Drake May if they want to this year. They, they, they've got to stay flexible. <clears throat> they've got to come to Indianapolis with a number in mind. Stay firm to that number. Boy, to be a fly on the wall in those conversations would be awesome. I believe it's, uh, wait a minute, Michael McCartney is his agent, right? Somebody you know from the Philly days. He was a scout with the Eagles. He was the director of pro scouting. Yep, I started yes. with Mike and that on that staff. And uh, yes, I started as an intern under Mike a little bit. Uh, yeah, go way back. Um, and he just made the transition and has been one of the most successful. I mean, his this Kirk Cousins contract could be studied for years by agents, like studied what Mike did. Whatever that the hot name masterclass, right? The, the masterclass, that was this contract, what he's done with Kirk Cousins. Because once again, what well, your point... The, He's going to get crazy money and he has never done anything other than put up some stats. It is unbelievable. That is how valuable this position is. 17 and eight at the Vikings uh, starter. Maybe this is the year. Could be the year. It, it, it's your best chance. If you're, if you look, that's going to be your best chance. So you're going to pay him. It's, it's that's the thing. That's somebody, the somebody will give him more than the numbers that I just laid out. So it's on Kirk Cousins. Like we, we saw the documentary on Netflix. He's a, he's a, a loving father, husband. Probably loves living in Minnesota. Does does he want to uproot his family to Atlanta, to Vegas? I don't know. Only Kirk Cousins can answer these questions. I mean, he's going to be weighing out family. He's going to be weighing out money. That you know, that's a part of the equation, Jim. That kind of gets lost, even when these coaches are deciding to go or stay. You know, they've they've got families. They've got kids in schools. Sometimes they don't want to take those kids out of school. I know of one situation here in Western New York where I heard that was the case. So, yeah, keep that in mind. That Kirk. A guy like Kirk Cousins is going to be weighing a lot of different factors, but I think the Falcons are probably going to try to blow him away with an offer in Indianapolis. When you really think about it, like you said, if they didn't like Fields then, if they took a tight end out of Florida then, with what we saw at Ohio, at Ohio State, nothing has changed. What, what what's changed? Same style, same guy, same toughness, everything. Still can make all. Still can make the highlight throws. It's still not as quick as you want it. It's still not your traditional volume completions that like I always talk about. And then you see the powerful highlight runs. Same guy. So, want to do some rapid fire predictions here, like on where these quarterbacks are going to go? And that's all the rage. So, all right, Kirk Cousins. We're going to go Atlanta. Both of us. Go Atlanta. How about Justin Fields? We're guessing. We're guessing. Pittsburgh? It just seems, I hate when it seems too obvious. What about Vegas? Antonio Pierce is uh, 
talking about the Mahomes rules on Max Crosby's podcast. They're gonna I full bad boy like Pistons. I don't mind that one. I don't mind that one. I feel like Vegas could be pretty unpredictable. If, yeah, it could do something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna go with an upset. Let's go Vegas on fields. <laughs> but, uh, here's here's the name that everybody's dying to know where this guy goes. Ryan Tannehill. Pittsburgh. Arthur, Arthur Smith. Smith. Arthur Smith. There it is. Set just lobbed a softball for you there. Said, Nobody loves average ass quarterbacks more than <laughs> Arthur Smith. Oh man. Matt Canada. You know what? I kind of like Arthur Smith. That tight his team. history his history of an OC is is proven. I mean, that there's no no question what he did with, with Tannehill. Yeah. Plus, it's like the veteran and the young guy in the same room. Maybe, maybe there is a workable dynamic with Kenny Pickett and not completely giving up on Pickett. Baker Mayfield stays in Tampa, probably, right? You got to find – you think Tampa would try to find a way. You would think. He got caught on the uh, on the hot mic with was it Steve Young, Super Bowl week, saying that he was going to stick around. Agent couldn't have been thrilled, but hey, right. he'll still get paid. He'll get a lot of money. It'll be fine. And then you just have a bunch of, uh, you know, leftovers. Gardner Minshews and Jacoby Brissett's and Jameis Winston, Tyrod Taylor. These uh, these are the guys that, you know, teams that know they're going to be drafting a quarterback in April, they'll be signing those guys ahead of time. Tyler, I used to say, is like uh, the show Survivor. You could take a plane every year, like the it's like the same quarterbacks, the backups, and drop them off on an island, and come every team can come pick one up. Winston this year, you know, uh, Heineke next year, a little Minshew this year, uh, you know, a little Trubisky for you. I mean, there it's just it's just jersey swaps. Like they're all the same. Like they're they're band aids. I hate to say it because they're hum- they're people that work hard and they're professionals. But that's honestly what they are. They're band-aids. Like I'm picturing all of them on an island, just mm-hmm. holding up their jerseys, swapping oh, them around, taking hey, selfies. Hey, I was in Indianapolis last year. Yeah, I was in I was in New Orleans. Yeah, I was there two years ago. Yeah, I was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you were drafted first round. Yeah, I was too. What they really need to do now, I have never watched the show. I was uh I was reading the Bo Jackson biography by Jeff Perlman. Almost done with it. Amazing book. Everybody should read it while my wife watched that hot garbage of a TV show on Netflix. Love is blind. Love is blind. Yeah, it was. I, I, I was sitting there for like five minutes and I said, "Hon, I need to go to the bedroom to read this. I cannot even have this going on in the background. This is just brutal. But I did hear enough in those five minutes to kind of grasp the concept for the show Maybe that's what we do with all these backup quarterbacks, right? Just have it's like a the GM behind a curtain. Match talking. It, yeah. can, it is. It's in my because it, it is. It's a jersey swap. Love is blind. Quarterback is blind. Like Dennis Allen opens the blind, and it's still Jameis Winston, but they, he has to keep him. Right. And then sometimes they do end up, you know, marrying that quarterback and staying together for a number of years when yeah. they probably shouldn't. Mason Rudolph, they should just make him the number backup quarterback for as long as he wants in Pittsburgh. 
Hey, all right. Anything Buffalo Bills that we need to discuss? Well, what's the big, yeah, what's the hot topic? Free agent. Diggs is always hot right now. Um, I don't get the Diggs thing because he's, they're just going to find a way to make that work. He's not going anywhere. You can't mess that up. It's too good. You got to make one more. They got to keep it for this run. They got You know, they're getting ready to make one more big run with this core with Josh Allen. Well, they've invested so much in Josh Allen and, and to digs together. It's not going anywhere. I also think kind of in, in general, and you were on this trend early, Jim. I mean, this was probably a reason you said the Packers should just, you know, push money down the line, do whatever they can to win now with Aaron Rodgers. And I was obviously saying, no, you know, you've got an opportunity to get a ton of picks and not pay him 150 million, but that general concept of just screw the future. Who even knows if we're going to have a job three years from now. So you might as well push money down the line and go for it. Now you've seen contenders do it. Now, not everybody goes to the LA Rams extreme of just giving away all of their picks, but you've seen contenders kind of operate that way. And now you're seeing most of the league kind of operate that way, right? It, it, it doesn't always work. I mean, the saints have kind of been doing it for a decade, it seems. And they're, they're that hamster on a wheel, just kind of, uh, eh, you know, money down there, money down the road, money down the road. We'll pay that. Eventually those, those bills will come due soon. I think that's, we we can talk about the bill salary cap situation till our eyes bleed. It's not good. I mean, they're going to lose some players, but obviously Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and the bills are going to do everything in their power to, to keep this thing together and add another piece or two. And you would think draft wide receivers for the love that this has got to be the year you've taken one receiver in the first four rounds since selecting Josh Allen. I, you know, I don't even care what, what happens until then you, you've got to draft a wide out, but I mean, they're, they're going to be aggressive or try to be aggressive best they can. I, this isn't going to be like a year of losing a bunch of guys and just sitting on their hands. No, it's pivotal year. Like we said, we knew there was going to be some roster transition this season. So we're going to see it now. You know, this is the time of year. We'll see the replacements for the safeties, receivers, however they're going to mix this thing up and, and make the transition. You don't want to pigeonhole yourself as deep as this draft is receivers. Cause it is, there's at least there's, I think I have six first rounders that you would feel you're good. Like you're happy with. Um, it's that, it's that talented. So that that would out, you know, that's a good thing for Buffalo. But you know, it's still going to be tough if there's a corner or a pass rusher or a linebacker they value. It's still always tough if they think they can get a receiver in the second round because it's deep. That's how they would draft somebody on defense. That's how that would work. But I don't know enough about that side. That's that's where the board dictates a little bit helps you. Um, but yeah, I don't think they go. They don't have the money to go crazy in free agency, like you said. Backup quarterback, correct? That's a bring Trubisky back. Just get Trubisky. He's probably here. Hop on quarterback is blind and see what you get. QB blind. Trubisky is your, your, you're coming back. Try it again. Same contract. You don't have to do anything. I tell you what, this is where the draft gets fascinating though. At the end of that first round. Okay. Brandon, we know 
You don't want to suck bad enough to get Jamar Chase, but you can get talent one in, in rounds one through seven. The Chiefs are proving it, especially two years ago with that class. But when you go to that 2022 draft, man, how those teams kind of jockey for position, it's huge. I mean, the Bills were picking 23, and Chiefs jumped up to 21 to take Trent McDuffie. You could say he was the best player in the Super Bowl this side of Patrick Mahomes. Maybe even before overtime, he's your Super Bowl MVP. He was playing that well. Just an unbelievable game. Blitzing from the slot, making plays and coverage deep. Now, Steve Spagnola sent pressure at Brock Purdy and the 49ers. You know, net, net, Cleveland was the only team that played as much man and pressured as much. Teams are terrified to take it to Kyle Shanahan, and that's what Spags did. And he can do it. Because Legarius Sneed, who by the way is a free agent this spring, and Trent McDuffie can can hold up. So that that's who the Chiefs get, and the Bills get a player who's a game day inactive. Right, he's a first round pick who's given you nothing. Two years in, maybe he turns it around. These corners are are tricky, right? They can. They're they're not going to give up on a first round pick, but there there's that year, and then you go to twenty twenty three. Dalton Kincaid was was excellent, obviously, for the Bills. Reincorporating the tight end, 73 catches, 673 yards, a couple touchdowns. The Bills moved up one pick to take him ahead of uh, the, the Cowboys. I guess they traded with the Cowboys, so they get him there. But also, that was after a, a run of wide receivers. Jackson Smith and Jigba went 20. Quentin Johnston, who was not good in the year one, went 21 to the Chargers. Zay Flowers, who was... Very good up until that AFC Championship game, twenty second, mm-hmm. and then Jordan Addison, who's got some some real star potential. He mm-hmm. had seventy grabs for nine, eleven, and ten touchdowns. He went twenty three. So the Bills kind of saw this crazy run, jockeyed for position to to make sure they got Dalton Kincaid. If they want a wide receiver, whoever that is, Brian Thomas, whoever. I would think that Bean's going to be aggressive. He, he They're going to want to get their guy, whoever that is. Agreed. I don't think it'll necessarily be a receiver. That's just not how they operate. Which but it's going to be tempting. I'm just telling you, these it is yeah. going to be tempting. Because they are, like, it's it's what you're looking for at the position. There's six, like, are just, you don't see guys like this. It's a direct result of, just you remember, you remember how rivals it used to be you would just start seeing all the receivers at the top of the five stars and four stars and all the seven on seven camps in high school and then you see how college football transitioned to no running game and this is now the result you're it's a loaded loaded receiver class it, it's three rounds deep of receivers like it's that and that's just a result of high school and college football just making that's the emphasis on the passing game they're just they're they're that talented and look, I think Brandon Bean has built a roster that should have won Super Bowls by now. Plural. He's done his job in player acquisition, but th- this is his biggest downfall to this point. It- it's drafting wide receivers for Josh, da- for Josh Allen, How- however the drafts are going down in the decision-making process. Because to your point, I mean, these guys are ready to play day one. That wasn't the case even a decade ago, I, I remember covering the draft and you really wondered how this receiver would adjust to the pro game. 
they're ready to go. I mean, look at look at Green Bay. They're they're getting Romeo Dobbs late second, Dontavian Wicks in the fourth. They just drafted a, a ton of weapons for Jordan Love. They had the youngest team in the league, the youngest receiving core in the league. It took half a year, more than half a year, for everybody to kind of get synced up, but there they were. One play away from the NFC Championship game. So I hear you. I, I I just I wonder what it's going to be like here in Western New York if they take another uh, D lineman in the first round. People won't be happy about that. If it is if it is one of those receivers I was talking about, yes, be happy. Yes, if it's a receiver. Yeah, I, it really it, it would be happy. Like usually I wouldn't say that necessarily, but I, I feel like yeah, I get it. Take one of these guys, load up, go for it. Keep Diggs, Kincaid. Get the running oh. back. So Diggs, we, we kind of glossed over him earlier. I just feel and like, yeah. To me, it's kind of obvious what's going on. Like, he has a high cap number. The Bills are looking to cut costs. No question. The Bills are going to want him to restructure his contract. Yes. Diggs is doing his media tour. Mm-hmm. That's also kind of funny. Like, when people say, oh, well, he get, why does he keep getting asked all these questions? Why do they keep asking about this? Well, He's doing like a sponsored media tour at the Super Bowl. Like on Radio Row, you literally go from one table to the next, you know, promoting a product that is paying you. And then these, you know, these people are going to ask you football questions. And then maybe one question about whatever you're shilling for. So it's, you're, you're putting yourself in that position. And he definitely went out of his way to just be vague and cryptic. And I don't know what the future holds. And it, it's, it's similar to, what Aaron Rodgers said right after the Packers lost to the Buccaneers in the NFC championship game, where he said, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Kind of, you know, they took a quarterback. Uh, we'll see. And then Matt LaFleur at his press conference moments later. And he's like, what? No, of course we want him back. You know? And then that ensuing off season is when he held the team hostage for whatever it was four or five minutes. So I'm not saying Diggs is going to hold the bills hostage. I'm saying that this is, Players try to use whatever leverage they kind of have, and they don't have much in these situations. And so they unfollow their teams on Instagram and Twitter. They uh, try to be cryptic in these interviews, I guess, but it seems like the Bills are just going to want him to restructure his deal. Diggs is going to say, hell no, I'm a wide receiver one. And he kind of pointed this out in one of his interviews, his stats the first half of the season, you know, if he kept that pace, whew, he would have been at the at the top of the league in most categories. And then the offense changed under Joe Brady. They won games. He's kind of like this decoy and not not being featured as much as the power rushing game sets in. And he's hey, there's there's no public drama, right? To to, to Dix's credit, but you know that the Bills might be using that in negotiation. Diggs is going to use that in negotiation. It, it has the potential to get messy. Does it get messy though? Is my question for you. Does it get to that point where it's untenable? I'm not sure. I, I think they just figure out a number. They get it done. I also wouldn't be surprised if they redid a, his deal somehow and he and he was moved, but we're all kind of left guessing right now. I feel pretty good he's going to be here. 
Messi. I think so too. Messi. It's part of the game. It will. I don't think it'll get messy to the point. I, it'll get. There's game. It's a game back and forth. It gets done. I don't think he's going anywhere. Usually, time heals these situations if there is a little subtle animosity, whatever. But also, let's not forget, like they had a lot of time between the end of last season and mini camp, and whatever the hell happened with him and Sean McDermott happened. And he leaves the building for a day. So, well, let me ask you this though: by getting, if you're gonna, to me, losing digs and drafting a receiver, you're, you're hamster. You're spinning wheels. That's you're one for one. Keep digs and get another stud with Kincaid, with Cook. Go for this load up theory that you're talking about. That's the load up theory to me. Losing oh, digs, yeah, drafting one. Now you're just spinning a wheel. I think the Bills are being honest when they say they want him on the roster. Like I, yeah. Yeah. They have foolish to, to not want him. I agree. He's, he still showed enough last year that he's got some prime snaps. Yeah, I never, still. I never saw it. I never saw it be a, a lack of ability. I think it was just a lack of opportunities, which is funny because the biggest one he dropped. <sighs> right. Yeah. That was, that was somewhat of that's a big play. The, that's the front office. That's the front office guy in me. That's when I'm sitting at the table and I'm saying, you wanted all these opportunities. And then I put, you know, I'm like, anyway, this is when Dick says, well, if you, if you didn't change the offense and stop throwing me the ball, maybe it's, I'd be in more of a rhythm to make that kind Diggs of play. Is not the issue. Yeah. You keep Diggs. He is talented enough. He is, you got to make this run. You got to make this run with him. I mean, plus Gabe Davis basically said goodbye to the Bills on Instagram with that video. So he's fine. It's fine. Keep him. I said, if you keep him great, you lose him fine. I hate to say that's the reality of Gabe Davis. I'm not saying he's not a good player, but if you can keep him at your, you know, at your price, great. We've got a lot of time. To break this all down. It, I have many I thoughts, know, I many it's thoughts, like, but why we, let's we, not try to solve did, the Rubik's cube today. We did free agency, uh, court, but we did draft and backup. We did it all. It's done. Did you watch the NBA all-star game, Jim? Or did you so, put two pencils in your eyeballs instead? So, but look, it, it's at this point, this is, this is like the happy new year thing. You can't talk about it anymore. You can't say happy new year anymore after two <laughs> days of that. Well, I haven't seen you since then. I know no, you're a you're basketball right. guy. I, here's my, my point is I, it's been like this. I don't know what to say. They're basically telling you don't watch it. They just want paid more. And I don't blame them. That's how the, the money is out there. If they want to entertain, get paid for it. That's an extra game. Did you gamble on the All-Star game? No. Are you proud of me? I am, Jim. I am. It's the offseason. You got to lift some weights and get ready for the big games. Well, it doesn't mean Arizona and Washington State don't play tonight, but yeah, we got we got to finish this pot up. You got to get get some serious business ahead of you. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the pod, for reading our mailbags at golongtd.com. As I mentioned, I will be in Indianapolis, going to drive, take a nice little road trip across the great state of Ohio into Indiana and cover the combine all next week. So uh, we'll definitely have some content every day. We'll have some podcasts, but also 
it's a good trip to uh, get a lot of reporting done for some projects down the road. So we'll make sure we have that covered as well. Jim, you were just pointing to me. What's up? So when you go, when you need a cup of coffee and a good little breakfast and some time to write and think a little, Milk Tooth, write it down. The name is Milk Tooth. Milk Tooth. Yeah, that milk steaks, as Charlie Kelly for, put I'm on the dating for, I'm program. telling you, for early morning coffee and just some, it won't be, you won't see your, um, you won't see your traditional combine crowd at the Starbucks at the, you know, the Hilton and all, you know, wherever they are. Yeah. It, you'll, this is where you need to go and just get some work done, some good food and coffee. And that might be might where be. some agent, that may be where some personnel directors and agents met in the past. Maybe how I discovered that place. I like it. Okay. Taking a note of that, of course, Kilroy's is always a go-to. Well, now you're talking about your nightlife, Tyler. I I can't. I'm talking about coffee and breakfast. Well, that's going to be the that's going to be the problem here. Is that's when you know a lot of business gets done as well, and a lot of rumors are spread, and you know you hear this, you hear that, you start piecing a puzzle together. But but Jim, I know we always come back to the kids on this show with kids that wake up very early. Our our circadian rhythms, uh, they're not built. For the combine, let me just put it that way. I, I'm not sure how I'm going to hang into the wee hours this this year. For another podcast, that's almost like I, that's a that life didn't exist. I don't know how I did it. All of us. I think Prime Forty Seven just stays open all night, right? I mean, all night, just, yeah, all night. It's only one day. We used to say that at the combine. You get off the plane, it's like seven. Days. It's one week, and you, there's no sleep somehow. Yeah. Well, hey, our subscribers need they 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 deserve it. So guess what? I'm gonna man up and do what needs to be done and order one more beer to maybe hear one more item of interest for our readers. How about how about that, Jim? That's what you do, you sacrifice. So hey, you know what? Not all heroes wear capes. Some just order another IPA. All right, thank you so much, everyone. 